would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome everyone to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. This is the Book of Boba Fett edition, and I am Michael Flores, your host. And today we're going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter Two, titled "The Tribes of Tatooine." And I'm in studio with David. Hello, Dave. Hello, everybody. You have your Star Wars britches on. Oh, absolutely. Ready to talk about some Bubba Fett? <laughs> and some Tusken Raiders, dude. Yeah. Because this episode was very interesting. I think one of my favorite things about the book of Bubba Fett so far is the fact that we're delving into Tusken Raider civilization or society. That's yeah. something we have never done. And it's something I've always wanted Star Wars to do. And I never got mad that we didn't because where do you actually do something like that in the movies we've been given? It's not really designed to give us that type of thing. Plus, do you really want to humanize characters that you're then going to have your lead murder? Exactly. And then on top of that, the way it's presented too is actually surprisingly good to me yeah, yeah. because you gotta remember me and you have gone back gone through many shows where we say flashbacks are the death of people yeah <laughs> flashbacks can be the death of a show but here i don't know for some strange reason it works because the 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 use of the back to tank itself as like the gateway of the flashback seems it seems much more natural to me. It makes it more palatable. It makes it more palatable. Yeah, because flashbacks are absolutely something that we struggle with a lot when we talk about shows of any type on this network. It's never a good thing. In a lot of ways, it's become a a writing crutch when you can't tell a story linearly. Well, I'll just explain it in a flashback because I can't tell you a linear story with solid character development without going back in time and explaining why we did this. It is the biggest hack maneuver that has taken the filmmaking world by storm. It was cool in the 90s when John Woo did it. I mean, it was awesome. It was a nice stylization that really worked for certain pictures. But now it's become a a plot crutch. Yeah. But you you are right with Book of Boba Fett. It does work. And it has everything to do with how they transition from scene to scene. To scene Using to scene. that back to tank as the catalyst for that transition. And then the way we flash back. Using the, the grain within the image. image and then yeah. you slowly fade and it dissolves into a more solid picture. And it's more understandable too because like... Since he's been put into the back to tank, we understand that Boba has to heal. And anybody who understands, you know, especially Star Wars fans who are watching this know about back to tanks. It takes time for them to heal. Mm -hmm. So like Boba's not at a hundred percent right now. So using this as a dream sequence of him 
going through healing and then the part of the healing is also coming through with these memories, these dreams, these mm-hmm. visions that mean something to him. Well, it also helps with characters like Boba Fett because one thing that would not work is getting Boba Fett to talk about his problems. That would be really bad. Now, I don't mind people talking about their problems if they're regular characters. You know, like, I believe DeJaric, DeJaron? DeJaron. DeJaron later on openly started discussing about his past, and that works for that character. A character like Boba Fett, it wouldn't work. It's the same thing they do with Vader in the comics and the books. In order for us to have some type of emotional attachment to the character in the comics and books, they use flashbacks or thoughts, images, images in the, the, the invader's mind's eye. Essentially, you get the idea that it's he's having flashbacks and he's remembering something, but they never have him talk about his feelings because that does destroy these types of characters. Well, as crazy as it sounds, I when I watched this and then I watched it a couple of times. I know that they're supposed to go with a Western motif mm-hmm. for Book of Boba Fett, similar to what they did in Mandalorian. But as strange as it sounds, the way the flashbacks use, it was very reminiscent to uh, For a Few Dollars More, mm-hmm. where they did the flashbacks in there where it's like very subtle. It's all of a sudden when you see the, in, in A Few Dollars More, when you see the picture of the girl that basically... Uh, I forgot our favorite uh, villain in in the Dollar Trilogy was, is that Indio? I think it's Indio. I believe so, yeah. And Indio's going through his flashbacks where he's thinking about like his his past transgressions. It's very similar feel to that in within Book of Boba Fett. Boba's going through these past transgressions. You know, what is he, what are these moments that he's thinking about mean to him? Well, and that's why these flashbacks work and they're so telling because you, you get this idea that he is going through trauma psychologically, which is something I thought we'd never deal with when it comes to Boba Fett. And again, if he voices this trauma, it, it would, it would take away, it would diminish not just the episode or the show, it would diminish him as a character. So the way they're showing this trauma and, and the fact that he does struggle with things from his past, they're using those images of his father and the images of him as a child. Those memories are very telling. And so far I do absolutely like what they're doing with those. Yeah. It says a lot in a very short amount of time. And speaking of a short amount of time, how odd that this episode was almost a full hour, but the pilot was only 28 minutes. Yes. <laughs> so strange. It I do, was. I don't understand, David, the writing strategy on this show. It seems to be like whatever the fuck. Like, eh, 23 minutes. This episode, next episode will be 67 <laughs> it goes back to like the the one thing that me and you were very critical about Mandalorian where there jumps there's no structure there's no structure to and, it. and that's on I mean I I like this episode I have kind of shrugged and said you know what this it is what it is this is the style of writing they're doing but it does if you really analyze the mechanics of the writing for this episode it's not super stellar I mean the content is super stellar, but the writing, the way it's being executed, isn't necessarily super great. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth in this episode, you know, as Boba Fett tries to find out who hired 
the assassins to take him out. And then we think we know, and then they give us another direction to go down. And it feels just like they're bouncing back and forth between different ideas. But the writer, John Favreau, feels like he's writing a mystery. Yes. But he's not. He's just bouncing around and not revealing certain key elements involved with the narrative and i feel like that bouncing around is because he gave himself 58 minutes now imagine if he gave himself 30 minutes to deliver this exact same story probably would have been a lot tighter yes and a lot less disjointed feeling yeah so they've got and I, i keep talking about this dave i said this all throughout mandalorian season two and it looks like i'm gonna say it again And I'm not hating on the show. I'm enjoying the show, but I will say my opinion when it comes to the writing. They've got to stick to traditional television writing. Otherwise, you get things that feel off. Yeah, because like, especially in this episode, it's not for me, it's not a detriment because the moments within the Boba Fett episode in chapter two just work. You know, like you could have cut out the tiny lizard scene where he <laughs> he takes the lizard into yeah. his brain and then he goes on his spirit uh, spirit walk. But I think you could have done that still with a limited time. With I, a limited time. I feel like there's a lot of meandering and, and bouncing back and forth when they don't need to. Like the whole thing, because I do agree with you, that scene was great. I would not want to get rid of that thing. That that scene, but, that scene was great. But you could easily see like, okay, if we gave them a set time frame mm-hmm. that scene could easily be cut right because we go to the Ethorian with Ethorian and how you say that name the the alien the mayor is it Ethorian Ethorian Ethorians you you go to the Ethorian mayor which was a great scene yes and fucking love I love that they're using that species because we've never had an opportunity to actually learn much about that particular species when it comes to the live action side of star Wars comic books, books, absolutely. We've had a lot, but never live action. So I do like that. But then you have Fett going to see the casino owner. Yes. Then she tells him, well, it's the huts. Then we get the scene with the huts, which dude, I got so goddamn giddy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It's great. It just feels a little disjointed. It feels a little disjointed. But you are right. The the episode had a lot of finger poning between the group of people Fett and Shand were investigating, which helped pose, you know, bigger questions. And there were definitely some bigger implications as to who is trying to take out Fett. And as it turns out, it ends up being the the twins. The twins. The Jabba's cousins. Is that Oh god, dude. Is that who they are? Correct. Yeah, yeah. the cousins of Jabba. And then on top of that, we finally got a comic book character, but it wasn't a comic book character that we were expecting. How dare you, David, jump ahead on <laughs> something sorry. so great. I was I was so giddy, Mike. You have I, no wa- idea. I wanted to be the one. I was like, I was like <laughs> I was cracking up because like I literally jumped out of my seat when I saw Yeah. Can I say his name? Oh yeah, go for it. Black Chrysanthemum. Yeah. <laughs> and and like my my wife was sitting next to me going why are you like dancing right there and i'm like going at this moment because you don't understand yeah i've read so many comics of him i felt like that meme you know of dicaprio from once upon a time oh, when he's in, pointing in hollywood because <laughs> uh, that's what i did i was like and i had wine in my hand i was drinking wine 
So I, <laughs> so I look just like that meme, and I'm pointing because my son was next to me. He's all, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> That's Black Chrysanthemum. Black Chrysanthemum. He's all, "Who's that?" I'm like, only the greatest new character, character. of the Disney era of Star Wars of all time. Yeah. Well, him and Afra, which Afra. that's so <laughs> we're going to wait until a few episodes go by, uh, but I'm going to offer up some reading material, some must, must read, reading material. Yeah. Some must read material that introduces black Chrysanthemum. He is a fantastic character. And if someone said, Michael, do you want Black Chrysanthemum to show up in Boba Fett? I'd say no. Please don't. Because I wouldn't want him to be ruined. ruined. I would want him to be done right. And he is just a beast of a Wookiee. A murdering, not a sociopath, but he doesn't hold on to any um, honor. He doesn't have any moral qualms moral, killing that, that's people. More like he has his ethics yeah. are much more different than say like a character like Chewbacca. Right. Chewie lives in society. He interacts with people. He's a, a rebel soldier. He fights for the good side. Black Chrysanthemum is a beast. Yes. He's a gladiator. That's yes. the beautiful thing is like I kept expecting, oh, if Fett were to fight Black Chrysanthemum, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Fett's going to lose. Well, okay, so that's <laughs> why it, I got really giddy, because Boba Fett just nodded at him like he knew who he was. Yes. And it may confuse some Star Wars fans out there who haven't read the comic books, but it in canon comics, it is a part of the story. They know each other from Darth Vader number one. Yep, the comic series that came out in 2015, which was an amazing run of Star Wars comics. Darth Vader number one, where Darth Vader hires Black Chrysanthemum and Boba Fett. And he basically pits them together and say, whoever gets the job done first, you know, wins the day. Essentially, it was such a great episode. In fact, there's a scar, David that black chrysanthemum has across his eye i couldn't tell if the live action version had the scar but in the comic books he has a giant slash across his eyes yes his left or right eye and the cool thing about that is obi-wan gave him that scar so he has been deeply embedded within the mythos of star wars starting in 2015 and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that Dr. Afra, in my opinion, I think in our opinion, Dr. Afra and Black Chrysanthemum are two of the best new era Star Wars characters. And, of course, our favorite. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> How come I can't remember his name? Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, Valar, Valar, Valance. Yes, like those three characters are some of the coolest characters we've ever been given. But in the ways of comics and stories, Valar, Valance is still relatively new. Couple years, stories are still being fleshed out. But in the way of fleshing out and story opportunities that these characters have been given, it's Black Chrysanthemum and Doctor Afra. In fact, they are partners for I want to say a good year. In Dr. Afra's comic book run. So that being said, Dave, we get Black Chrysanthemum. We might just get Dr. Afra. That's what I mean. It, it, it got me so excited. 
because after the episode was over with, I'm like going, they have to bring in more comic book characters now. Well, now they, that they're not shying away from it. Exactly. Absolutely. You have to expect the the possibilities of Baylor Valance showing up and Afra showing mm-hmm. up, especially Afra, because yeah. Well, actually, correct uh, correction. Now that I think about it, I would expect Baylor to be seen in Book of Boba Fett. Probably not so much as Afra because Afra, right. Afra wouldn't actually want to deal with this. She's the type of person that is there money involved? Can she actually, you know, get something out of it? Mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> so she's not going to be actually interested in it. Baylor, I mean, Boba. Boba's been like seemingly trying to bring in like new people. He needs more people than, you know, like, um, I forget Fennec. Fennec. Yeah. I mean, that's the only person he has. He's going to have to start forming (laughs) a team. And I'm hoping based on the thing, I don't want to jump ahead, but based on some of the blogs and the headlines, it seems like black chrysanthemum is here to stay. Oh God, dude. I hope, I hope it looks like he is going to be a, a lasting a long lasting character character and come on, please just solely solely on one basis. Mike, think about this. Can you imagine if we do get like a legacy character showing up like a Han Solo or a Chewbacca, Mm -hmm. we can get the dream match that current current star Wars fans have been rallying for in comics, Chewbacca versus black chrysanthemum. Well, they had that in the comic books, right? They did, yeah. and it ended up in a draw, which That's pissed right. off, which, yeah. which pissed off Black Chrysanthemum. Yeah, because Chewie is much smaller than him. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. So I will, admittedly, I did. We did watch ahead. Now I don't know the future of Black Chrysanthemum necessarily. However, we do know, and the reason why I was nervous when I just watched this episode when it dropped, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, Black Chrysanthemum looks great. But is Disney really going to go the distance with this character? Because this character, <laughs> Do you want as we had said, has no qualms yes. with hurting and killing people. Yes. And I will say, without giving any spoilers, if people are are listening and watching at the same time, they do not disappoint. They don't. This they don't. is the first character, in my opinion, of the new era that has been brought into canon officially, you know, whether it be from comics or Clone Wars that I feel like the live action version is 100% spot on. They adapted him perfectly. Yeah. And dude, I like the fact that I believe they are sticking with the old technology when it comes to portraying Wookiees in star Wars, which is suits. Yeah. That is a beautiful suit. We, we that don't, we, yeah, we don't want him CGI. Imagine yeah. if they did that. I don't think it would work, but think don't about it too. Of the Sith, your Wookiees, please. Well, like, think about it. Also, think about it like this. I didn't think that they could pull off Black Crescent because of how immense he is. Yeah, well, I mean, he's gigantic. He he's is. supposed to be twice the size of Chewbacca, and you can tell that he's that that big because of how he stands next to the twins. Yeah, <laughs> and dude, the the effects in this episode, I was so happy. Like. The CGI didn't actually look bad. The The CGI on the twins was really, okay. really compelling. Was that CGI? I want to say it was because it looked like it was partly CGI. Huh. Well, now I didn't have a chance to dig up that information. Typically I would, but even if it is CGI, let's say, I'm so glad that we're going back to the original hut look. Yes. 
because I love Lucas. Everyone knows that. And I love the prequels. It's in my opinion, I enjoy the prequels more than the original series. I know that might be blasphemy in some circles, but I love the prequels. But what he did with the huts or with Jabba specifically, eh, it, it, how do you go from such an imposing figure in return of the Jedi to this, sleeping guy during a race yeah and he just doesn't look right doesn't look imposing he looks like a little bug like a little tiny slug yeah looks like doesn't look immense these guys look immense and that's why i'm glad they brought back the original hut look without that cgi funk that just made them look weak it didn't make them look immense and powerful these are crime lords yes they need to instill some type of fear or discomfort intimidation intimidation and that's exactly what they did with these two twins now this is the first time we've ever seen the twins i was unsure because they seemed rather familiar to me but no their first appearance was in this episode chapter two of the book of boba fett we've never seen them before but yeah but the concept of the twins though isn't foreign to star wars because java the the huts themselves are they're they're many yeah it's like a giant family it's a crime family and java was only one person so it was cool seeing a, two different huts from the same family yeah. And that that wasn't saying, hmm, Jabba. Exactly. I was going to bring that up. I'm like, I was so what happy. What was the name of the gay goofy. hut from the Clone Wars movie? Oh, what, wasn't it his nephew? Zor, Zor uh, let me see. Let me, go, let me Google it because I, I think most Star Wars fans know. Like, I love the Clone Wars cartoon, but that first that movie. first movie. The with first that movie hut. was good, but that hut they introduced in that thing almost destroyed it for I me. I think they even killed that hut during Clone Wars. Because he was, I mean, he was gay, right? That's what they were trying to do. But going back to like what you were talking about, the the intimidation. Zero. Zero. Zero the hut. Now compare zero, compare zero to essentially these are his, it's his aunt and uncle. Mm -hmm. His aunt and uncle are scary people. I mean, the one male hunt hut when he says sleep lightly bounty hunter, you really, you really know that what he's telling Boba is, you better sleep lightly because I'm coming to kill you. And then he just walks and then he just has people drag him away on his plinth, Wait, which is, is just a boss maneuver, dude. Okay. So zero, the hut was Jabba's uncle. Was it the uncle or the nephew? No, it was an uncle, which means he might be the father of the twins. <laughs> because the twins are cousins, right? Yeah. The twins are cousins. So, Zero the Hunt might actually be the father of the twins. Oh my God, please tell me the twins killed so Zero. So he's not gay after all. <laughs> Unless he, you know. Life found a way, Mike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so this episode, despite its uh, shaky script, it did deliver a lot of cool things. Cool, and, cool things. And David, I will always look at the script. You know, listen, writing is very important to me for a TV show. But just to be clear... The Star Wars movies aren't written super great either. There may be at times there are a moments, but for the most part, I'd say on average, the episodes when you break down the movies are probably like B's, maybe B minus at times. If you speak to some people, they may even say a C plus. But what really makes Star Wars so magical 
is the world of Star Wars. Yeah. The the cosmology of Star Wars, the characters, the magic of Star Wars, if you will. And that's what this episode brought to the table and why it was such a strong installment in the Star Wars TV franchise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's showing – do you realize Book of Boba Fett's proving to be the one series out of all the Star Wars series that makes everything outside of the TV, you know, books and comics relevant? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mandalorian did a lot in its second season. First season, they um, were a little more careful with certain things. Yeah, but in second season, they they were still careful. Here in Book of Boba, it seems like Favreau and Rodriguez are just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to throw everything we want at this. Yeah. I, I Like, for example, the whole, you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, uh, Bo, uh, Boba Fett's vision quest. Oh, yeah. And his subsequent acceptance into the... Tuscan Raider, Tuscan Raiders clan, if you will. I really like that whole bit. Sometimes things like that don't really work well. There were moments in the Mandalorian where they tried to draw those parallels to the the classic westerns, yeah, and it didn't quite work at times for me. Whereas scenes like this, where you have Fett with the indigenous folk and he's learning from them and he's teaching them because he's teaching them and he's teaching them. He's being taught by them as well. You have that native American metaphor and then you have the samurai film as well, where you have Fett building his weapon. Yes, Ah, man. It it was so good. It It was was such a great moment in the episode. And I'm sorry that that sequence with the train and the pikes, that was Great, dude. The Pike Syndicate, the being Pike Syndicate, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. The, and the fact that they own a train that they then hijack that's how you give us those displaced Western, yes, semantics. That's how you do it. And it was so fun to see, you know, them capitalize on that classic train heist from the Westerns of old. And dude, I was cracking up because, like, the, the so the Pikes. They don't even ask any questions. They're on the train and anything that comes near the train, sand people, they just blast them. No questions asked. There's no warning. There's no, you know, hey, you know, get away from our train. No, they straight just slaughter them. Yeah. And then Fett teaches the Tuscans to drive speeders. Swoop bikes. Yep. Yeah. So it's definitely... It was comical. It was actually legitimately comical. comical and intriguing. And we have our official meme that has gone viral for Boba Fett. Um, the ride it like a bantha <laughs> has taken over the yes. internet. Have you seen those memes yes. pop up everywhere? Yeah. Like a bantha has been substituted in almost every single Star Wars meme we've seen in the past has now been replaced with Fett simply saying, write it like a bantha. Write it like a bantha. <laughs> Let me see if I can find one of them because one of them is so great. Let me see. <laughs> there was one with Anakin Skywalker that was fantastic. <laughs> Did you see that one? Yes, that one. I remember. Or Anakin's all like, they're what did he say? They're animals, so I slaughtered them like a bantha. So I slaughtered them like a bantha. <laughs> it's so stupid. I can't find them, but they're all over the place. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Especially, like, Tamora Morrison. No, hold on. Is. Like a bantha. 
Sometimes I hate the internet mostly, but then there's times like this where they take something so unexpected and make it into like this giant internet internet phenom. Yes, and I give a lot of props to uh, as I was saying to Mara Morrison because that whole scene. I want to learn exactly. to ride this times. Oh, they have them walk. They have them also dancing with doing. The, the thing right like a bantha right like a they bantha. have him superimposed now with bully mcguire <laughs> yes. you know <laughs> i actually have that one in front of me it's like so uh, amazing i could love the see, this is when the internet's great well enough with the politics and the contentious behavior on social media give us more things like this this is gold and honestly dude i mean like it legitimately looks like tamara morrison's having a fun time portraying this character of course he is did you do you think he ever thought in his wildest dreams that he would be coming back twenty plus years later to play an iconic character like Boba Fett? Well, dude, what has me really excited too is like I know in interviews, Tamara Morrison has stated he wants to bring other clones back and reprise them, and automatically every single oh, Rex, clone awards, right? yeah, everyone's like going, hell yeah, we want to see Tamara Morrison portray Rex. We know it's gonna happen. Of course, if we have Ahsoka coming out, you can't leave out Rex, especially out now Rex. that Tamora Morrison is back. But dude, how different is that going to be, though? I'm like curious if Tamora Morrison could pull it off because Boba can, and yeah, Rex are complete it. opposites. Yeah, but he can do it. Tamora Morrison, I've seen him in other things as well. He's a pretty damn good actor. Oh, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Well, this does... Bring us to the end of our discussion for today. Uh, I I enjoy the episode. I mean, there's a few negatives, as I said. Um, there's some. I, I'm confused about certain things about Fett. Suddenly, he's now fighting for injustices. That's weird. But that's also my own, as we discussed last episode, that's my own Boba Fett hang up. Yes. I have an idea of who Boba Fett, Boba Fett is based on the expanded universe and that stuff is not canon and it technically never was. So there are moments that frustrate me only because of the idea I had in my head. And honestly, dude, as long as they explain it, that we're fine, yeah. they'll be fine. I think, you know, yes, we've watched ahead, but I do believe that they will explain Boba Fett's current mindscape. Well, why is he doing this stuff? They have to. Yeah. So, David, what's your score? My score on this one is actually surprising. It's relatively high. I gave this one a 95. Oh, Jesus. I really enjoyed it. it as Even though, like what you said, if you look at the bones of the script, it's very simplistic. And, yes, there are little problems here and there. But because of how they jam-packed all these moments that just stick to you. There's way more you, good than there's bad. There's way more good than bad. Yeah. I mean – we just scratched the surface of like what we liked. We liked the huts. We liked the, f we barely touched the Pike syndicate. Yeah. 
I mean, that brings in a lot of things about Solo. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a lot bigger as well as the story progresses. They're too big of a thing for them not to be a permanent element within the show. Yeah. I I love the fighting style that oh he God, dude, that yeah. they're giving him. You know, it makes more sense now from the Mandalorian when he fought so differently than we've seen him fight before and he has yes. the gaffy stick and now we're seeing why he's adapted that fighting technique because he lived with the sand people. So, I really like it. I'm going to give it an 82%. I felt like it was a strong installment for the book of Boba Fett and I'm hoping it just gets better and better from here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember, you can find us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month, you'll gain access to additional Star Wars discussions that we do every single month. We do need that support. It's really the only way we can continue to do shows every single week and give you guys the deliveries, the deliveries, or I should say the breakdowns of these episodes as well as updates on Star Wars news. So we do need your help. Patreon.com slash Rain Man Digital. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. I want to ride it. Ride it. I want to learn to ride this one. Grim beast ten times its size. Ah, oh, yes! <laughs>